1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker. And damn it, the 49ers are no longer undefeated. And I believe, isn't there kind of like a preseason superstition of going undefeated in the preseason? <laughs> I mean, obviously, all superstitions end up looking a little silly over time. But the 49ers did drop, well, they did lay a goose egg against the Texans, losing 17-0. to to finish out the preseason two and one, and there was not a lot to take away from this game. I suppose the main takeaway would be that Elijah Mitchell, Daniel Brunskill, Mike McGlinchy, Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Aziz Al Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Emmanuel Mosley, Ambry Thomas, Charvarius Ward, Jimmy Ward, and Dante Johnson did not plea. Plea? What a plea what? They did not play. So many of those, the majority of those are from on the 49ers defense and the 49ers defense definitely did not look, did not resemble a starting unit. They uh, The Texans came right out, scored a touchdown on their opening drive, which was in stark contrast to the 49ers starting, starting offense's inability to block a defensive lineman. Poor old Trey Lance got out there for what I believe was 22 snaps. Ended up going 7 of 11 for 49 yards. And to me, that was impressive for what he was up against. Uh, The 49ers offensive line didn't have Trent Williams, didn't have Mike McGlinchey. I don't know if they had Jake Brendel, at least for a series, maybe. They don't release a snap counter that quickly unless I just can't find it. I mean, there's the there's the quarter summaries. Do those have snaps on them? I'm just looking at stuff right now, literally with you guys on here. I don't believe so. So, pretty rough, rough estimate. But what it did do was kind of put a little bit of a spotlight on the offensive line that we felt might have been there from the beginning. Trent Williams or no Trent Williams, this 49ers offensive line, Kind of has me worried a little bit. Now, there was a lot of talk about Spencer Burford, the fourth rounder, out of what I believe is UTSA, if I'm not mistaken. Could totally be wrong. Then there's been a lot of talk about Aaron Banks, last year's second rounder out of Notre Dame. Then there's been a lot of talk about Jason Poe, the six-foot, 300-plus wonder, undrafted free agent. But I'm... I'm just not sure if they pass the smoke test. You know, it's – I mean, it's cool that the 49ers have found guys to compete for those jobs, but in the end, it's how they perform on Sundays. And we've seen some things during this preseason that may put into question what those guys are able to do against legitimate starting defenses. The 49ers offensive line, whether it was the, the first unit or the fifth unit, and every iteration in between looked drastically outmatched today. And you're just hoping that's not, that's not a reflection of what Trey Lance has to deal with throughout the entire season. Trent Williams is slated to play. There's nothing wrong with Trent Williams. So you get him at left tackle. Then at left guard, you're going to have a first-year starter in Aaron Banks. No one has been in, competing with him for that role. Everybody keeps talking like Jason Poe could replace him there, but then Jason Poe came in uh, in the preseason game playing right guard, which is where Spencer Burford has been playing. Then you've got – so you're already at your first question mark and we're two positions into the line here. Then you've got Jake Brendel and Daniel Brunskill competing for the center position. It's looked like Jake Brendel has had the edge, Daniel Brunskill recovering from an injury. They'll both make the roster, but who knows what you're going to get from that unit. So we're three positions into the offensive line. We've got two question marks. Then you've got Spencer Burford, the fourth round rookie. Show some flashes of great play. Show some flashes of not great play. That's what you're going to get from any rookie. If they can get a fourth rounder to even compete or to even hold up at that spot against starting defensive linemen, then that's impressive. But it's still yet to be seen is Jason Poe in competition for that spot or is he in competition for the left guard uh, in place of Aaron Banks? Is he in competition for both? Is that a good thing that he's even in competition for that? I don't necessarily know if Spencer Burford and Jason Poe being in these positions along with even Aaron Banks is a good thing or if just the 49ers have no other choice and they are just hoping this shit works out up until this point. Everyone, including myself, have acted like them earning those starting roles has boat has been has been, you know, kind of like a reward for them. Praise. You've done great. Here's the starting role. Or glass half empty type of take. Is that just how bad the 49ers offensive line is gonna be? That those guys are in that role. None of these guys could have come close to beating out Lakin Tomlinson. The 49ers left guard of the past what four or five years? So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I've I've got big question marks about that offensive line. That's really all I've got. We'll see. I just I we really don't know. But and and I can see right now opposing defensive coordinators looking at the interior three offensive linemen of that line. And just saying, throw everything you got at that group. And you've got a Trey Lance making his first year as the full-time starter, the man running for his life under constant interior pressure. When in that situation, you want him to be stepping up into a pocket, not constantly trying to, trying to bail out of it because he's just assuming he's going to get pressured from the interior. But anyways. Let's carry on. I kind of went on a little bit of an offensive line rant, and I don't even usually do that. I don't know enough about the offensive line to dive that deep into it, but it's clear that it could be, you know, it could be a dam with some cracks in it. We'll see. John Lynch, 49ers general manager, did tell NBC Sports Bay Area today that starting safety Jimmy Ward is going to go. Actually, Kyle Shanahan confirmed it after the game. Jimmy Ward is going on short term IR he will miss at least 4 games to start the season from that hamstring strain which i you know that unfortunate not necessarily a surprise those hamstring strains can d- drag on and the last thing you want to do is bring someone back too early from a strained hamstring because you're just going to prolong that injury and drag it out even further it's almost like with hamstrings you want to overestimate by quite a bit That way there's not any nagging, soreness. I've I've come back too early from a hamstring injury one time and I ended up kind of working through it and getting healthy, but you could just like feel it was it's almost like it's not like a sharp pain. It can be, but it's almost like picture if somebody just like took something flat and wedged it in between your muscles. Like it just feels like something's in there. And it like it's like your muscles can't quite be what they want to be. It's kind of an interesting feeling. It's weird. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, but it's a weird feeling. Mike McGlinchey stealing from a knee injury that he sustained during the Packers. It hasn't been made off to be serious, but Kyle Shanahan acted today like there was a chance, or excuse me, a couple days ago, that there was a chance that Mike McGlinchey was not ready to go for the 49ers week one game against the Packers in a little more than two weeks. That's uh, another issue because nobody behind the 49ers starting two offensive tackles has looked good. Colton McKibbitts has looked okay from time to time. They were trying Jalen Moore there today. That didn't go too well. More offensive line troubles. And what's crazy is this ushering in Trey Lance as the man, the last thing you want him to deal with is an, a porous offensive line, and that's, we're edging closer and closer to that reality. Hey, I'm just preparing you for it. So, as far as the takeaways from the game, look, I don't have that many. It was kind of just a shit show. The Texans' defensive line depth vastly overmatched the 49ers' offensive line depth. Trey Lance and all the quarterbacks were running for them, through their for their minds. 49ers weren't able to score any points. The line was constantly giving up pressure. Not, I mean, not not every snap, but the majority of them. If you're, if I'm gonna switch it over to be positive, Samuel Womack had another good game. Let's head over to the defense. You know what, Eric? I'll just briefly, I'll briefly go over kind of the team, the team stats comparing the two performances. The 49ers actually had more yards than the, than the Houston Texans, 308 to 238. They ran more plays, 68 to 53. They gained the exact same number of yards. Here's the big one. 49ers were only able to muster 51 rushing yards to the Texans 156. And that just shows you the stark contrast between the depth of the 49ers offensive line and the depth of the Texans defensive line and the depth of the 49ers defensive line versus the Texans. Now I know Davis Mills was out there for at least an entire half. I think he even came by back in the second half. So it was the starting offensive line from the Texans out there the entire time? It very, very well could be. But then you look at this, and the 49ers threw for 257 passing yards to the Texans' 82. The Texans were able to just turn those that, that clear rushing advantage into a couple scores. The 49ers could not get it together when it came to penalties. They had 11 penalties for over 100 yards, 104. Two turnovers. That'll do it right there. Good old uh, Mitch Wisnowski was averaging 49.2 yards per putt. That's pretty impressive. He's had a pretty good preseason. So the 49ers statistically had the edge in a ton of categories, but if you watch that game, it just it, it looked like the 49ers were just clawing at any sort of progress, whereas Houston just kind of kept sending them packing. And then the 49ers would have a, a turnover – to show for it, Nate Sudfeld had an interception. Brock Purdy had an interception. Brock Purdy had moments of of being pretty impressive. Again, he just has a smoothness to him. You got to take into account that he's playing the second half of preseason games against lackluster defenses, but at the same time, he's got a lackluster offense. So you never know, really know what to expect. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. Do I have anything else I want to talk about? Shout out to Sam Womack, who again did not have an interception, but he was easily the the uh, the cause of an interception in the end zone, playing the hands of the receiver, knocking it back into the air. And um, who was able to reel it in? Let me see it right here. Tarverius Moore, that's right, Tarverius Moore. Really impressive play. And even the play where he was flagged for pass interference in the end zone on one of the Texans scoring drives, it really wasn't bad coverage. Womack just had his hand on his shoulder and was gripping at his jersey when it didn't even really look like he needed to do that. I thought it was pretty solid coverage. But again, he's a rookie, a fifth-round rookie at that. He's been impressive. I was pretty impressed with his game. I, I didn't really – Samson Ebukom led off with a sack in the first play of the game. That's another person you can tip your hat to. Uh, Charles Omenohu was getting after it, uh, doing everything he can. He had a sack of his own. So did Jordan Willis. Omenahu also had some some weird instances where I saw him on the ground. You know, You're just like, hey, man, get up. Play's still going, but it happens. It happens. Just not a ton of takeaways. So what we're going to do is we're going to immediately jump over to your takeaways from uh, my Twitter post, takeaway time. Something I've told you that we're going to do from every game now. Um, I expect that to really start popping during the regular season. Uh, I mean, it's been popping for the preseason, but I expect that to really start popping during the regular season. We're going to hit your takeaways. I'm going to roll through these. And then we are going to go over and I am going to unveil to you my official 53man roster projection. I'm sure it will be different than every other everyone else's 53man roster prediction. I'm sure every pick will be right, but again, your man played it smart, waited until the final before the final roster cuts to unveil my prediction, thus giving me the highest chance of getting the most picks right and being able to brag about it on Twitter, which is definitely something I probably won't do. But let's roll. We're on the takeaways. I'm scrolling down to the bottom. First one's going to Band- Bantos Escobar. The Texans are clearly as far superior team. Trey Lance with zero touchdowns. I'm afraid he's trash officially now. Sell the team. I agree. I agree, Bantos. I agree. Uh, I think that that was all you needed to see from Trey Lance, and it's clear that he doesn't have it. Uh, you might as well just sell, sell, sell. Kind of like the Giants, you know, kick the team while you're down. Enrique Gonzalez says, Brock Purdy, quarterback two. That's it. We'll see. We'll see when I get to my uh, my roster prediction. We'll see if he's really quarterback two. Because, I mean, whatever I decide is obviously what Kyle Shanahan is also going to decide.
2: That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: I feel like the Brock Purdy quarterback too is going to be a common thing. Let's keep it going. If very next one, AP bets Purdy is second string. We'll see if I agree with you. Christopher, Christopher, is your real is your name really Christopher Christopher? The only takeaway I have is the offensive line has to get it together quickly, or we will not be able to run our pass. Even Trent Williams said during the game about the offensive line that Kyle Kyle Shanahan's going to he has some coaching to do. So. Hopefully that group's able, I mean, the whole thing starts with them. The 49ers will go as that offensive line goes. The same thing can be said on defense for the defensive line. So we're really hoping that they can figure it out. Otherwise this is going to be a long season uh, for Trey Lance and the offense. DJ Cabral, offensive line is not where it needs to be. Obviously you heard from me earlier. I completely agree with that. And it's a big question mark that we're going to see if, uh, if they're going to be able to hang with legitimate defensive fronts that know that that interior is questionable. Shelvin Murphy, who are the running backs that make the 53 Shelvin stick around. I am going to answer that in what I would guess is like 10 minutes. However long it takes me to get through the rest of these takeaways, maybe less because we are going to get into my 53 men. I can do it like Dr. Disrespect 53, three, three, man, man, man roster,
0: roster, roster,
1: prediction. And if you don't know who that is, Dr. Disrespect read the 49ers third round pick of Ty Davis Rice. And he said in the 2022 to NFL hell, draft draft. And then you hear this fan just go, ah, ah, it was hilarious. I know that laugh was really loud and I'm sorry, but go watch the clip again. You can hear a dude just laugh obnoxiously after he does it. Taylor dart said the season's over time to tank. Yep, the 49ers end the season at 2-1. Um, you know, what what's a 2-to-1 win percentage in the season? Uh you got 17 games. So 11 and 6 or 12 and 5, they'll take it. Chuck King, is that a real name too? These got we got some good names in here. Purdy, Mason Croft in. So Brock Purdy Okay, so quarterback, running back, tight end in, running back, quarterback, defensive end out. So Purdy, Mason, Croft in, Sermon, Sudfield, Hyder out. Okay, okay, we'll see how that that aligns with my 53-man roster prediction. Some of that I think I've actually actually included or I've actually done. I just realized I, I wanted to have the 49ers team roster up here while I did this. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the Mason again. Uh, I'm not, you know, Jordan, Jordan Mason, a lot of preseason hype around him. We'll see where we land on that one. Uh, Chuck King also says three games in 13 days should never happen again. That is a great point. That is a great point. Two games in 14 days is like your average NFL pace. You know, as long as you're, you know, you're going from a Sunday to a Sunday. But three games in 13 days, so uh, you're adding one game to even less time. I think that's a great point. Preseason or not, that's a little ridiculous. Mocking Jays, TID. Would Purdy make it through waivers and on the practice squad? I do believe Brock Purdy, if the 49ers wanted to release him and, or excuse me, waive him, he would have to clear waivers. Nobody would have to claim him. Then he could come to the practice squad. I do believe he would make it through. I don't necessarily think he's shown anything, not anything. I just don't necessarily think he's shown enough for other teams to drop their quarterback. That's been with them all off season in favor of claiming Brock Purdy. Cause that's really what has to happen. You have to drop the quarterback that you've had as your backup all season and then replace him right before the regular season with a brand new quarterback. So to me, They've got to be noticeably better, but crazier things have happened. That's for sure. He definitely could. I am I don't think he would, though. Jam92, how healthy is Lance going to be if the interior line continues to be an issue? Health has always plagued the Kyle-John 49ers. It's true. It's plagued other teams, too, but it does seem like health has always had a very prominent issue with the 49ers since John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan took over. Uh, to no fault of their own. Just shitty luck. But right, yeah, how is Trey Lance going to stay healthy if the interior of the offensive line just keeps rotating pressure through? We'll see. Hopefully they figure that out, and that's just not the case. I have a feeling Kyle Shanahan's going to be leaving running backs into pass block pretty often. Uh, Chris Wall says Purdy is greater than Sudfield. I think there's some merit to that. We'll get to it. Joe said Purdy's making the 53. I'm seeing a trend. Samson Newstrom. Whole team just seemed off the whole game. I agree. The vibe was weird. For a preseason game, it doesn't matter. It just seemed weird. Didn't have the same feel as the other games. Not sure if that's because of the short week with traveling twice, but still embarrassing even if that's just a preseason game. Hope this lights a fire under their ass. Um, I don't necessarily think the 49ers have a problem with lighting a fire under their own asses, but it wasn't a great performance. So, you know, if if there is a little humble pie to be eaten, It wouldn't surprise me if that fed it to him just a little bit. You know, just a little bit. We got Sograz says, Womack is legit. Even the DPI play was good coverage. Yeah, I agree. I think I said that earlier. Um, I think Womack has been great. And uh, we'll see if that translates to winning the nickel role and playing against, you know, basically their wide receiver three, if not two. Could be one if they want him to set him in the slot. We'll see. The O, oh, the O line, the offensive line will be an issue this year, Trent or no? Uh, it's trending that way for sure. They've got some work to do before they can trot themselves out there against a the defensive line that knows where to exploit them. Jeff Wilson Jr. looks healthy. He did look all right. He looked fine. Uh, I think that you know he had three runs for 16 yards. That's 5.3 yards of carry. Uh, the 49ers weren't going to run him any more than that, but he did look good and he did look powerful. Uh, I think I tweeted out that Jeff Wilson has already gone to his dark place. Uh, Cause that was a quote from a couple of years ago about how he runs and you can see it in his running style. He runs very hard and I've always appreciated it. He had that one touchdown catch against the Cardinals where he caught it on the Texas route, goes out, cuts back in over the middle. And he just made such a beeline for that end zone. I would have loved to have seen somebody try to tackle him because he was flying. Number four from still Sogress. This team was mentally checked out of this game. Special team blunders, drops penalties. It, I agree, we kind of mentioned that earlier. It's just it's tons of penalties. there were drops. I couldn't tell if George Kittle had one with Trey Lance or if Trey Lance just put that way too far outside. um special team blunders I mean i don't what were the special team blunders? I'm not saying there weren't one. you know, I'm constantly going back and forth from, from forth from my computer to my phone to the game um but I thought the special teams was okay, what am I missing? I'm sure you guys could tell me on Twitter, but I thought they were all right. Um, Expect high week-to-week variance. I think that was – you don't want that to be the case, but I could definitely see that being a case, especially with a young quarterback. Um, You're hoping that the only variance comes from Trey Lance. Everything else should sort of be pretty consistent. But then again, we just got done talking about how the offensive line could just – could be okay or could be horrible. So we'll see. There's a very good chance that, like you said, there could be – a lot of variance from week to week. Can the offensive line hold up? Can Trey Lance find his footing? Um, where is the defensive backs group at without Jimmy Ward? Could be a little weird. Okay. This this man's Twitter name is Kev is having his 236th Joker origin story in 22. Cool. I love the Joker. To me, I can never get enough Joker in Batman. I know that some people have wanted the Robert Pattinson trilogy to move away from Joker, but to me, fuck that! Like Joker is Batman, Batman is Joker. It's like the yin and the yang. You saw that deleted scene with with the guy they got to play the Joker that was like incredible, and so I want to see the Joker in the Robert Pattinson trilogy, which I'm a huge fan of, by the way. I absolutely loved the first movie. I thought it was a, a great new take on Batman that still featured some. Some old Batman elements. But anyways, I'm definitely rambling. O-line and the health are two of my biggest concerns. I'm right there with you, Kev. Kev, I mean, health is always a concern, but that offensive line could be rough. Womack is a stud. We all agree with you. Three, Shanahan Lynch can never draft another running back in the third round. (laughs) Uh, I think I agree, man. We just haven't seen... Like they should have listened to me, not drafted Solomon Thomas third overall and drafted Christian McCaffrey. Now I know Christian McCaffrey has had a couple of years of health issues, but could you imagine that man in Kyle Shanahan's offense? But if it, now we're going back again to the fact that 49ers have been plagued by health issues, so Christian McCaffrey would have fit right into that. But my point is, is either draft a running back in the first round or don't draft another running back until like the fifth, sixth, or seventh or undrafted. Because the 49ers have drafted two third round rookie running or two third round running backs. Trey Sermon may be on his way out. Um, Ty Davis Price is still unproven. So I'm not not judging him whatsoever, but it seems like the 49ers have definitely had some magic in the late rounds or undrafted there. Niners and dubs, twenty twenty two NBA champs. That'd be cool. I mean, I don't know if the Niners can be twenty twenty two NBA champs, but I know what you're saying. Just, just change that to Niners and Dubs 2022 champs. That way, you know, it counts for both of them. O-line is easily the weakest point. Yes, it is. We really drafted running backs in the third two years in a row instead of O-line. It's a good point. What could they have got with those picks if they just stuck to their tried and true method of, of picking up running backs late? Sugar Ray said, I better not see any injuries after this one. They didn't play hard enough to have any, especially the O-line. I don't believe we came away with any uh I don't believe the 49ers came away with any major injuries, uh, but I could I could be wrong. I was watching Kyle Shanahan's press conference, and you know it's uh, obviously Jimmy Ward is an injury, but that existed before the uh, before the preseason game. So we'll see. I don't remember there being anything significant. Hopefully, I didn't miss something. Jeffrey K. Lyles, love me some Jeffrey K. Man, he's always he's just been around um Dwelly seemed to lock up a roster spot i agree Seemed to be that next go-to man womack keeps causing turnovers yes he does i've been very impressed with sam womack i'm more concerned about the o-line you and everybody else my friend uh brian hamilton o-line health is crucial Purdy looked like the clear number two we got depth the defensive end shanny didn't look happy and lover really wants to win in the preseason Love the show. Keep up the good work. Thanks, man. That's that's kind of you. I appreciate that, Brian. I appreciate it. also appreciate you uh, jumping up in the takeaways. But I think if you've been listening, it's what we think it is. You know, like O lines that big X factor. Can they even be serviceable? Brock Purdy has looked great. The depth depth of defensive line is solid. Um, so yeah, and then we last we've got Michael McVeigh, another uh, longtime true friend of the pod. It looked like the online needs work. I think we're seeing a trend, folks. Trey was okay, but could have been a lot better. I think Trey definitely could have been better, but I also think that he had no help whatsoever. Like, he was on plays that weren't supposed to be rollouts. He was moving, just trying to make something happen. So, I wouldn't be too hard on Trey after that, but also, you know, I think he may have missed a couple throws. I think he had one where he rolled out and just kind of plopped it in front of Ayuk when there was no defensive back in front of Ayuk, like he could have hit him. He also, I think he um, put it too far out in front of Kittle. Kittle hit it with his hand. So Kittle will tell you he should have caught it. But, um, at, at glance, I didn't see that completely. It looked like an inaccurate throw. So Trey Lance definitely missed some throws, but he did not have it easy, have it easy. Um, depth looked awful on both sides. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Showed flashes, but no consistency. Lots to learn from this and move forward. Texans looked more dialed in they did and maybe it was a vibe thing but I'm I'm, you're hoping it was you know it seems easier to fix like a mindset than it does a mindset in that moment than it does the actual players on your team but hopefully we're not just seeing a little a little glimpse of of you know the 49ers roster not quite as being tightened up as we thought it is so All right. So those are our takeaways. Hey, I appreciate everybody who I just worked my way through. Um, I, again, I want to make this a a thing every, after every regular season game. And I'm assuming that, that reactions and tensions are going to be a little higher, whether good or bad. So hopefully it's just as popping, but I do appreciate you guys just jumping in on that and making it such a cool segment. Now, without further ado, let's head on over to Rob, 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 louders, 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 53, three, three, man, 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 prediction. Diction. Anyways, that's so horrible. Uh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to set it up right away. Start now with quarterback. Two of them are making it Trey Lance and I'm drum rolling Brock Purdy. I'm going to go Rob Purdy. Why not? Why not? Mystery relevant. They drafted him. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be in a hurry to swoop up Brit and Nate Sudfield. They could probably bring him back on the practice squad and still have the three quarterbacks, whereas maybe somebody would take a little bit of interest in Brock Purdy. We'll see. So I'll just go Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, rewarding what I felt like was a better preseason performance. There was even times in training camp where Purdy looked a little bit better. But if they keep Nate Sudfield here, uh, I'm not losing my mind. Like It is what it is. It's the backup quarterback. So I'll ju- I'm just gonna go Brock Purdy, but it could go either way, and I'm not really losing my mind either way. So running backs, two players, running back, total of five players: uh, Elijah Mitchell, Ty Davis, Price, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Jamichael Hasty, with Kyle Uchuck rounding out the group at fullback. Now, look, I'm not sure. I have been impressed with Jordan Mason. I'm not sure he's done enough to earn a roster spot over either Jeff Wilson Jr. or Jamichael Hasty. And the reason I say either is because Jordan Mason's running style kind of resembles that of Jeff Wilson Jr., a little upright, very hard, very fast. Jermichael Hasty brings a different element than everybody else to the group. He's the kind of the, the clear pass-catching back that they like to have back there in obvious pass-catching situations. And he brings a different skill set than Elijah Mitchell, Ty Davis Price, and Jeff Wilson Jr., um Kyle Yushick has that skill set, but Hasty's just a little twitchier. Could they go Jordan Mason over Jamichael Hasty or even Jeff Wilson Jr.? Yes, 100%. Um will they? I don't know. Right now I'm kind of just going with what the 49ers would believe is familiar, players that have got a ton of experience in their system. I am can the 49ers get Jordan Mason through waivers? That's tough. I would probably say no. So if the 49ers really liked what they saw from Jordan Mason, then they're going to have to pony up and and drop one of those players. That does have me dropping Trey Sermon, their third-round pick from 2 years ago. So they'd already, you know, this setup already has them cutting bait with with a third-round pick. So, you know, it's tough. Could you Michael Hasty get left off for Trey Sermon and they, you know. So that's just what I went with because I could kind of see the setup. You've got Elijah Mitchell, Ty Davis, Price, and Jeff Wilson Jr. are kind of like your 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 clear bell cow tight, not bell cow backs, but they're your hard nosed running backs. Whereas Jamichael Hasty is that guy you can bring in in an obvious pass catching situation. He runs good routes. He's got decent hands. Um, none of the other running backs bring that to the table. I'm not saying that even Jamichael Hasty is better than Jordan Mason or Trey Sermon, but it's just about skill sets and and maintaining an advantage during you know or mismatches. So I'm sure plenty of you won't agree with that. I do think Jordan Mason's been impressive, but again, it's more yeah. So I'm not going to discount what he's done, but we're still talking about a running back that's been impressive late in preseason games. So that's really going to be something coming down to what the coaches have seen in practice. On that note, Jordan Mason still did look good in practice. So, all right, moving on. We're at seven players. Wide receiver, we've got five. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Danny Gray, and Ray Ray McLeod. That one's easy for me. Um, No one behind on that roster seems to have necessarily earned a spot. Um, If there is one person, probably going with Malik Turner. uh, I believe the former Seahawks got five years of experience. If the 49ers want to just insert one more veteran into there, that would be the place to do it. Now we're at 12. We're at tight end. I went George Kittle, Charlie Warner, Ross Jwelly, and and Tyler Croft. Tyler Croft made a good play today. Pretty decent blocking tight end. Maybe a better blocker than Ross Dwelly, and we don't know kind of where Charlie Warner fits into that. I just haven't gotten a gauge on Warner's skill set quite so much. He seems kind of well-rounded, but that's kind of just what I went with. You know, it's, I could ease, I could see the 49ers dropping one of them in favor of maybe keeping another receiver, um, maybe keeping another offensive lineman, which I have nine of them. I I could definitely see someone falling off of the tight end roster, them just going with three and then thinking, okay, if we really need a fourth tight end, we've got Kyle Ustedt. I'm almost talking myself out of that right now. Okay, offensive line. This should take us to 25. Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Spencer Burford, and Mike McGlinchey. That kind of should be your starting offensive line. And then behind them, you've got Daniel Brunskill, somebody who could who could come in at center if Jake Brundle starts sucking it up. Somebody who could come in at either guard spots, probably preferably right guard if Burford is struggling. You've got Colden McKibbitts, kind of a swing tackle. Uh Jalen Moore, who they've been they've played all over the place. So another good depth piece. Didn't look too great today, but he's missed a lot of the preseason uh with a leg injury, and he's probably just shaking off some of the rest from that giving him the benefit of the doubt there and then last but certainly not least i'm going jason poe i'm going to put him in there i'm not exactly sure how he was uh today as a whole i know he earned himself a highlight where he completely whiffed on a player who got into the backfield and uh and made a tackle for loss on that same note Jalen moore uh got beat on a pass rush set or excuse me a pass set And the guy that beat him ended up hitting Trey Lance as he was trying to throw and hitting his throwing arm. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was probably on fire and very red. So we're at 25. Defensive line, keeping 10. Nick Bosa, Eric, just working my way down, kind of like the pecking order. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Samson Ebukam, uh that's kind of that's kind of like your your starters right there. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Samson Ibacam. Then you've got Drake Jackson rotating in along the edges. Kevin Givens, I've always been impressed with, rotating in along the interior. Uh Charles Omenihu's who's kind of been moved around, but seems mostly like an edge guy. Kamiko Terray has looked solid. Jordan Willis, uh, I think he's probably earned a spot on this team. And then I finish it up with Hassan Ridgway, who's a veteran player, big, big dude. Um, it's kind of been working his own way back from injury, but I was just looking at it and I'm like, okay, let's look at all the guys that you would really want on the in- interior. Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, that's two. Kevin Givens, three. Not really Omenihu, not Ture, not Willis. So you had to get one more interior guy, and that to me is Ridgway. And that's why I went with Ridgway over Carrie Hyder, is because the 49ers just needed to have one more stocky, big interior guy. Should Javon Kinlaw have another injury or, or really any injuries along that, that interior. So that's the way I looked at that. Could they keep Hyder over Ridgeway? You could, but then you know you'd have one, two, three, four, five, six. I think that would either be six or seven edge guys. So you're you're allowing, your, you know, you're kind of stacking all your chips at edge when you still got to have interior guys to stop the run. So a little bit of a give and take there. I could definitely see see that as another position where I'm off on one player. Uh, linebacker. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Al-Shair. There's your starters right there. Pretty impressive group. Might be the best group in the NFL or one of. Top three. You got Oren Burks, who's looked solid behind them, and Demetrius Flanagan Foles. Foles, excuse me. Um, you know, you had um, you had Marcelino McCrary Ball, had an excellent press conference, looks like somebody the team would like, had an interception, could be somebody that sneaks in there, a rookie out of Indiana. Seemed like he was struggling today against the Texans. That seems like somebody who they they would look forward to getting on the practice squad. That being said, the 49ers have a very deep group of linebackers. That seems like a position that other teams around the NFL will be looking to poach. I mean, who was it? Jonas Griffith? Was it Jonas Griffith? The 49ers have already cut a, a linebacker that's already been signed by another team. So, ours Jonas Griffith last year. Whatever. I'm not going to I'm not going to hold up the show for that. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if a couple of the guys at the 49ers cut at linebacker end up getting signed on uh, another team, which is good for them though. It's good for them. It's also good for the 49ers and the fact that, you know, they've always said we're cutting NFL players, meaning they're going to find a spot on another team. That's just a, a uh, means you have a quality roster. Cornerback, Tervarius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley. There's your starters with De'Ambri, uh, Sam Womack coming in at, at a nickel. I'm assuming Deamador Lenore. Could compete for that role as well, but he's kind of seemed pretty strong along uh, as a um, a perimeter corner and backup. You got Amory Thomas, who's been hit or miss, but again, another third rounder, somebody that we saw kind of improve throughout the late part of last season. So I'm not sure the 49ers really want to move on from that yet. Then I've got Dante Johnson in there. Now, look, I understand the Dante Johnson name comes with a lot of jokes, but. He is versatile. He can play all three, both corner spots, perimeter and nickel. And he's played some safety too. And he's been around for a long time. He's He's been on the 49ers roster for, for many years. Um, Did some jumping around, but now he's back. And I think the 49ers would like having him there. While Jason Verrett uh, spends time on the PUP list, physically unable to perform and works his way back. Um, so that Dante Johnson seems like the person that would probably get dropped from that group when Jason Vratt's ready to come back. At safety, we've got Jimmy Ward, Talanoa Hufunga, Tavarius Moore, and George Odom. Don't really think there's anything interesting there. And lastly, we've got Robbie Gould, Mitch Wisnowski, and Tabor Pepper rounding out your special teams. Kicker, punter, long snapper. So that's it. That's my fifty three. And uh, again, if there were some some switches I could see, maybe they go with, um, with Tariq Castro Fields over Dante Johnson. Maybe it's not Hassan Ridgway on the back of the defensive line. Uh, maybe they also add in uh, Marcelino McCrary Ball to that linebacker group and drop a tight end. Like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a tight end got dropped off that group because uh, they kept four of them. They could go three and then kind of count Kyle Juszczyk as another guy that can fill those same roles. Could they go a different route with running back? Absolutely. But that's what I'm going to go with for now. We'll see how I do. We'll see if I uh, I receive a passing grade. Feel free to, uh, to hit me up on Twitter and tell me how wrong I am. That's fine. I'm not going to be offended. Uh, I, welcome, uh, I welcome constructive criticism and wouldn't be surprised at all if I was wrong. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So, you know, a pretty lackluster end of the preseason for the 49ers. Uh, again, I think it's a great point to to have three games in 13 days. The team just looked kind of gassed. There was a lot of starters not playing, but it just it just looked unprepared and a little gassed and just a lot of traveling. You know, you got to think the last two games were away games. They spent some extended time in Minnesota for the joint practices in the preseason games, and they've got to go right back to Texas to play on a Thursday night. So, that's a tough schedule for the 49ers. But that's it. The preseason is over. Is over. I believe we have 17 days until the 49ers are playing their first regular season game with Trey Lance at the helm. All the ifs, ands, or buts and should this, should that, doesn't matter. We're rolling in 17 weeks. It is week 1 and the 49ers are uh are ready to roll, ready to roll. They're locked and loaded. They've got a great roster, not without some question marks. We know that, but They've got a really, really good roster that's ready to win. And we'll see if Trey Lance can lead him to some victories along with a defense that should not be giving up much, you know, should not be giving up much. All right. That's it. That's that's our our final podcast of the preseason. Um, I mean, like I said, we've got 17 days, so I'm sure we will come back here when we have to react to the 49ers final roster cuts, getting the roster down to, to 53 players. Um, I had that tweeted out on when they had to do it, but let me, let me see if I can just Google Foo my way through this NFL roster cut dates, bam. Cause I want to know when we get that final cut, August 30th. That is in five days. The 49ers have to go from 80 to 53 players. That is when we'll be on here next. We will be reacting to the 49ers cut down to 53 players. I don't know why. I just decided to get weird with my voice right there. Um, And we will see how accurate my prediction was. Now, that was a prediction. That was not what I would do. That was what I think the 49ers would do. That's kind of what I always do. But anyways. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for contributing to the to the takeaway time. Thank you for just listening to the podcast. Thank you for making Strike and Gold what it is. I feel like since training camp we've kind of just been on a roll here. You know, typically a couple podcasts a week, at least one after uh, during training camp, we were after every practice. I just uh I feel like we got something good. I'm still on the search for a co-host. I've got some things in mind, but I'm not, I've gotten to a point where I'm not in any hurry. I want to have a co-host 100%, but I'm not in any hurry. The fit's got to be right. Maybe I should have like the bachelor, but co-host anyways. Thank you for listening to striking gold. I appreciate it. Y'all are the best. Uh, Make sure you are downloading, listening, subscribing, uh, shoot us a positive review. If you believe that listening to this podcast is a positive experience, despite my relatively stuffy nose today. Sounding a little bit more Kermit than usual. I'm sorry. Anyways, y'all know what it is. We're, it's about that time. We're at the 40, 45 minute mark. It's time to shut it down. Again, thank you for listening to Strike and Gold. I love you all. But for another episode, I'm Rob. This is Strike and Gold, and we are signing out.